Hi and welcome to the St Ninian Sermons Podcast. I'm Stuart Cutler and I'm the Minister at St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse in Scotland. St Ninian's is a local ecumenical partnership between the United Reformed Church and the Church of Scotland. That means we reflect the traditions of both denominations in our work and worship. This week we focused on John chapter 18 verses 25 to 27 and then John chapter 21 verses 15 to 25. So let's hear this week's passage read by Gavin and then hear the sermon. Both readings are from the New Testament according to St. John, the first chapter 18, starting at verse 25. Standing close to Jesus, that was chapter 19. Peter denies Jesus again. Peter was still standing there, keeping himself warm. So the others said to him, Aren't you also one of the disciples of that man? But Peter denied it. No, I am not, he said. One of the high priest's slaves, a relative of a man whose ear Peter had cut off, spoke up. Didn't I see you with him in the gardens, he asked. Again, Peter said no, and at once a cock crowed. The second reading from chapter 21 of St. John, and we start that reading at verse 15. After they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these others do? Yes, Lord, he answered. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Take care of my lambs. A second time Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he answered. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Take care of my sheep. A third time Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? So he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. I am telling you the truth. When you were young, you used to get ready and go anywhere you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will bind you and take you where you don't want to go to. In saying this, Jesus was indicating the way in which Peter would die and bring glory to God. Then Jesus said to him, Follow me. Amen. So, thankfully, the sermon is about the second reading that Gavin read, so it wouldn't have mattered if he got the first one wrong anyway. Uh, um, we heard the first bit of it 
last week. So some of you weren't here last week. So quick recap. Easter's just happened in this story. And Jesus has appeared to the disciples in a room in Jerusalem twice. One of those times Thomas wasn't there. And the second time Thomas was there. And now they've all gone home. So all the disciples have just gone home. So they find themselves back in Galilee which is a kind of rural area. There's a lake, a big sea, and some of the, the disciples are fishermen. And so they do what they know. They go back to fishing. And they spend the whole night fishing, and they don't catch anything. And in the morning, as they're coming back to shore, they see a man standing on the shore who shouts some really odd advice, throw your net out the other side. And they're like, okay, cheers, thanks for that, mate. But they do it. And they catch 153 fish, which is a really odd number. But that was all the fish that were known in those days. Every variety of fish, 153 of them. So they catch everything in one go. And then they bring the fish in, and Jesus is on the beach cooking some fish that he's already caught. And that's where we join the story. And after they've eaten, Jesus turns to Simon Peter and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon, son of John. One of the first things that Jesus did after choosing his disciples, particularly this one, Simon, son of John, was to change his name. He named him Peter. You will be known as Peter, which means the rock. He was supposed to be the one that Jesus would build the church on, the strong and stable foundation. Yes, Lord, he replies, you know that I love you. I wonder if at that point Jesus wanted to take him and shake him and say something like, well, what on earth are you doing here then? There's work to be done. But instead, Jesus is a bit more cryptic. Feed my lambs. Then Jesus asked the same question again. Do you love me? And Peter responds, yes, Lord. You know that I do. Tend my sheep. And a third time Peter is asked, do you love me more than these? And by this time Peter's getting angry. How would you feel if someone you'd given up three years of your life to follow around the country kept asking you that? But Peter, for once, keeps his cool. Perhaps a sign of growth. Because just a few weeks ago, as we heard in the first reading, Peter hadn't got it quite so right. As the soldiers came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was Peter who drew his sword and cut off one of their ears. On Easter morning, on that same night actually, Peter denies even knowing Jesus three times. And on Easter morning we hear that it's Peter who runs straight into the tomb to see for himself. Peter is the one who jumps out of the boat in the middle of a storm and for a few glorious moments walks on the water towards Jesus and then takes his eyes off him and starts to sink as the waves crash around him and the wind howls. And at the beginning of this story, it's Peter who jumps out of the boat again and heads towards the shore to see Jesus until Jesus reminds him that there's loads of fish to bring in and he should probably go and help his pals. And now things have settled back down again. And perhaps, just perhaps, Peter seems just a little bit wiser. Yes, Lord. I love you. You know that I do. Feed my sheep. 
And finally, Jesus renews his call to the fishermen, repeating the very first words he ever said to him, follow me. Seems to me that there are two things that are happening here. First, Peter's been reinstated. Been reinstated to his position as chief disciple. Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times. Perhaps that's why he's asked three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Are you sure? I mean, really sure, because a couple of weeks ago, you didn't seem sure at all. Jesus gives him three chances to get out of it. Three chances to say, do you know what, this isn't for me. Three chances to blow his top again. And three chances to realize that he's forgiven. Each time Jesus answers, he gives Peter a clue about what's being asked of him. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. There's a kind of progression in those comments, isn't there? Lambs that need feeding, but also sheep that need looking after and sheep that need fed. And he asks this of Peter because he knows that he, the good shepherd, isn't going to be around for much longer. So someone else is going to have to look after the flock. And Peter, well, Peter's the man. And Peter's been asked to create conditions for growth. I've worked in various church roles. In fact, I've worked for the church for the whole of my adult life. And one of the things that never ceases to amaze me is how little effort adults put into our own spiritual growth. Perhaps some of us are content with the knowledge and understanding that we got at Sunday school or Boys Brigade or Girls Brigade or perhaps even RE at school if you were listening. I'm always amazed at the number of people who quite happily tell me that they decided when they were 12 that this God thing was a load of nonsense, that church wasn't for them. As though any of us have any kind of understanding the year that we start high school to make an informed decision about anything. That's like deciding you know all about astrophysics because you saw a film about Stephen Hawking's once. Every week here we discover that we didn't quite know as much about the story as we thought we did, and I'm including myself in that. Every week we discover something new. I get that this doesn't work for everyone. Like, I really get it. It doesn't really work for me either. That's why I'm at the front and not sitting down there. (laughs) But one of the things that I do know is that we need to create opportunities to have conversations about faith, and spirituality and religion because those three things are not the same. We need to talk about issues that are real for people, to bring people together in community and support one another. But we also need to provide a space to encounter mystery, to sit in silence, to contemplate, to think, and to wonder. And all of that takes time and effort an openness to learn and discover new things. Peter was probably a very young man when he encountered Jesus for the first time. Remember, in those days, adulthood happened at 12. You were bar mitzvahed at 12 and you became an adult and that was the end of it. None of this teenage nonsense. Get out to work. Get on with it. The good old days, eh? Peter might only have been 15 
or 16, maybe 17 when he first met Jesus. So by the end of those three years, he's maybe still a teenager. We know that he has a wife, and of course with that he has the blessing and bonus of a mother-in-law. <laughs> I meant that. And that wouldn't be unusual for a man of his age. And Peter shows all the characteristics of a headstrong teenager. Look before you leap, I know best. What could you possibly teach me? And like most of us, Peter's biggest moments of learning are his mistakes. And boy, does he have plenty of opportunities to learn. In many ways, Peter is us. He's a literary device in the story. Peter's placed in the story to make all of his mistakes in public so that we can see ourselves in the story. I mean, if, Peter's, if Peter can be that rubbish, if Peter can make all of those mistakes, if Peter can get it so wrong and still be the one that Jesus builds the church on, then there's hope for us, right? That's why he's there. This encounter, this last encounter that Peter will have with Jesus is distilled into two words. The same two words that Jesus first spoke to Peter. Two words that would press the reset button. Two words that would offer both forgiveness and a pathway forward into the future. Follow me. But the circumstances are very different this time. Peter's not some naive young man who's bored with a family business and looking for a way out. He's seen some incredible things along the way. He's got to know Jesus. He knows exactly what's coming. Jesus tells him how he's going to die and it's not going to be good. He knows exactly where following this dangerous Jesus will lead. And yet his answer is still the same. Yes. 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 The same question is laid before all of us now. Will we follow? Will we go knowing what we know? Will we go into the big bad world and stand as witness to what we've seen and heard? Will we go and work to encourage growth? Will we work to grow ourselves? Will we invest the time and effort in ourselves and in our community? Will we study and read and discuss and learn? Will we feed the lambs, those spiritual youngsters longing for that first taste of God? Will we tend the sheep, those souls that we see every day that need our help and our support and our love? And will we feed those sheep? Will we provide others with sustenance for their journey? And will we do more than come here for a weekly snack of hymns and prayers and a sermon? Will we seek out daily bread to sustain our daily living? Or will we just go back home and stick to the ways that we know? The things we're comfortable with, ignore that nagging question. Avoid the feeling that there must be more. Follow me. Follow me. We're called to follow Jesus and we're called like Peter to find sustenance and protection for the flock. We're called to cast our nets in places we've never cast them before. And that takes courage. There is no reason whatsoever to bring your child for baptism anymore. 
Hardly anybody does it. To stand in front of your friends and family and declare that you believe in God is not a thing that people do very often anymore. It takes courage. It takes courage because following Jesus is dangerous. Who knows where he might lead us? The one that Peter had denied showed up on the beach, frying fish, making breakfast. And Peter did not deny that it had been delicious, but awkward. The food easier to swallow than having to talk about love and loyalty, the messiness of our feelings, and the embarrassment of failing. Three times the challenge to love, and in the end, the grace of forgiveness and a renewed call to follow. And a yes, he most definitely did not deny that. The question, will you? Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find us on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse and on Twitter at St Ninian's Stonehouse. You can find out all the other great stuff we're up to. If you're passing and want to join us in person, we meet for worship every Sunday at 11am. We'd love to see you.